the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and I hope you had a great weekend. You know, at the end of the program today, I will spend a few moments um, talking about Memorial Day. I decided to circle back around to it after uh, participating over the weekend in some Memorial Day festivities and I decided to spend a little more time uh, inspired by some of the other uh, media folks that did a nice job with that. So we'll come back around to that. Uh, but first, what you need to know in a few moments, in a few moments, we're going to talk with Lucifer's banker, uh, Brad Birkenfeld. Amazing character, amazing guy, somebody who is um, fascinating in his uh, life. He was a high flying. I mean, the highest of the high flying bankers. And he uh, was brought down. He was prosecuted, ultimately served some time in prison, uh, but he became a whistleblower. And as a whistleblower, he he has uh, basically had, I don't know, $20 billion, something like that, something close to uh, $20 billion in assets that had been squirreled away from America, uh, brought back and taxes paid on them and interesting. So he's a great story. Uh, his name is Brad Birkenfeld. Lucifer's Banker is his book. We're going to do an interview, follow up with him. He was on the program about two years ago. I'm going to follow up with him on that book and on his life and some things he's seeing, including uh, tied to the Biden crime family, so-called. So welcome to the Pro-America Report. I'm Ed Martin. It's great to be with you. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for your daily email. The daily email goes out uh, to about 50,000 people at 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time with the wink. What you need to know, the wink. What you need to know is a few facts, a few thoughts, a few things, a few links, a few stories about what's going on and perspective, which is the same title that we give this segment of the show. It's the wink. What you need to know the wink daily wink. I'm glad you're here. And today's daily wink is, in fact, about the Biden crime family. Uh, the Biden family has been exposed uh, again in the last 24 hours as having very specifically a trail, a money trail, a bank trail. Our, our banker, Lucifer's banker, so-called his own, his own name, uh, uh, Brad Birkenfeld. He called himself that because he was uh, his career for a while. He, he could probably, he will probably tell us more specifically. But what we know is that Congressman Comer, the chairman of the oversight committee has uncovered very specific evidence not just of Hunter Biden's laptop and what a mess his life was, not just Hunter Biden's texts and emails where he's talking about uh, doing deals and all, but specific instances of money moving in corrupt ways. What well, looks like corrupt ways. We don't know for sure yet. We'll find out. You know, in Lucifer's Banker, the book we're going to talk to Brad Birkenfeld about, he refers, I think it's the 14th chapter, um, to uh, the real to a specific whistleblower who came to him. 
Brad Birkenfeld, now a well-known whistleblower because he's so prominent. He's kind of a a, a person that people call a, a Boston-based medical professional, I think a psychiatrist, so a, an MD, but might be a psychologist, a licensed psychologist, but I think he's a medical doctor, not just a counselor. Anyway, he uh, Hunter Biden lived with him for three months. And he had a laptop and he had other documentation. All that's been seized by the FBI, so we don't know where it is. Uh, but at least according to the the uh, allegations, again, not proven yet, innocent till proven guilty. But certainly what you can see is the swamp needs to be drained. If there was ever a phrase that fits what's gone on, it's the swamp needs to be drained. And more and more people use the swamp, use their positioning and their power and their uh, control for their own advantage in very specific ways. And therefore, what happens is some of them are making money. Some of them are giving people jobs. Some of them are people taking care of industries. Some of them are influencing the regulations and, and dominating how things are done. Some of them are getting billions of dollars put into the budget. Think about the green energy guys that are steered towards those industries where their people are. Some are directly getting money. Planned Parenthood gets more money than ever. There's a new report out. One of my friends, Hugh Brown, has a report, and the report covers the fact that the top CEOs of Planned Parenthood are making tons of money, lots of money, some of them half a million dollars, and it, and Planned Parenthood gets hundreds and hundreds of millions of tax dollars. So your money is going to all these places. It's a disaster. But the Biden crime family, the question is simply this. There's two problems with this story. One is, will the powers that be have enough interest, enough seriousness of purpose, when I say interest, interest in we the people, to do the right things, to get rid of the people that are corrupt, or will they be compromised? Or, or are they compromised? That's the bigger way to say it, right? If you're in the swamp, can you really afford to stand up to the corruption? I'm reminded of of uh, transparency. You know, last week we had Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com on the show. And Adam's very good on this about he's able to get down, drill down to how things are being spent. But he and I have talked off the air. A lot of times the incumbents of both parties don't want transparency because it shows them all up. You know, by the time you're in office for six months or a year, you're already, you know, spending on dumb things and having people pay for things. that, And it may be more embarrassing than illegal, but people shy away. Well, corruption is the same thing. If you're Joe Biden and you're shown to have moved money through your son to your family members to nine or ten family members and from Chinese companies and from uh, uh, Ukrainian companies and you're investigating that, you're finding that out, what if you're already compromised? What if you're Nancy Pelosi and you've already used your position to expand the wealth of your investments through insider trading or at least insider knowledge? You know, you may not want to get to the bottom of it. And let me be clear, go and read Peter Schweitzer's work, and he does the foreword for this book, A Lucifer's Banker, and you'll see it's not one party. It is not one party, it's both. In other words, the swamp traps both parties it captures both parties so on one hand is is are the are, are there people willing to go get to the bottom of it and the second question which is somewhat related is will the public care enough 
because in some ways the public is sort of jaded. They think everybody's corrupt. And let me be even clearer. It doesn't look like the Democrats care. They'll vote for their person, their guy anyway. See Fetterman, see Feinstein, see Biden. They don't really care if they're, I don't know how to say it, dynamic, serious, focused, brain alive. I don't think they care if they're corrupt. I don't think they care if they're brain dead. Are do enough Americans in general, though? Will they, or are they looking up and saying that's just the swamp and a pox on all your houses? And people wonder why Donald Trump gets traction with normal people. They look up and they say the guy's a billionaire. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need any of it. He was famous before he did this. Most people are not famous before they run for president. They become famous after they run for president. Lots of people run for president thinking they'll never get very far, but they'll get famous. Both parties. Donald Trump was world famous before he ran for president. Didn't need it. People associate that. By the way, it doesn't mean I'm not saying his ego doesn't need it. I'm saying that there's not some advantages that he or his family get because he's now famous, more famous as a world leader. But the perception is the guy from New York who already had a plane, the guy from New York who already had a number one TV show, he doesn't need it. And the people that are running, so I think it's one of the reasons, by the way, that the Kennedys are fame, are, are, are well-liked. People just associate the Kennedys. They think they don't need anything. They're already famous. They're already rich. They're all rich, by the way. They're all, you know, the, the grandsons of Joseph Kennedy. The grandsons are RFK Jr. and Maria Shriver and all these folks, the grandchildren. They're all uh, independently wealthy. They had trust funds and all. So they're all wealthy. They're all famous. They don't need anything. They're not, they're not striving for fame like people, other politicians. That's how it seems. But that's the question. Will the people in power, elected officials, care about we the people enough to get to the bottom of Biden and get rid of Biden if they have to, if they should? We'll see. And the second question is, will the people demand it when they see the things they're seeing? Or will the narrative machine and others make it so people don't even react? It's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. But today, as, as of now, as of the, this show right now, there's more evidence of the Biden crime family than there's ever been before of true, you know, uh, pay to play. Of uh, They say if it's not pay to play, it's only because you can't tell. It's just pure money transfer. It's like buying uh, goodwill, which at the level that Biden and his family are playing, it's the same thing. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's a follow-up. A year and a half ago, I think I looked it up. might have been longer. I had as a guest on the program, uh, Brad Birkenfeld. And Brad Birkenfeld, of course, is the author of the book Lucifer's Banker Uncensored is the book I'm looking at. It was the newer one, a a newer version. He was just telling me. Uh, If you go to luciferzbanker.com, you'll find more about it and more about him. But I was at an event a few weeks ago, and he was one of the speakers. And he's, you know, I, I don't know if 
famous is the right word. He's very well known now as one of the um, whistleblowers, the most important whistleblowers in, say, the last 25 years. He he was a banker in Europe, uh, all over high level guy. Uh, and he was uh, at UBS and he, uh, you know, under the whistleblower laws, he came in and said, hey, look, there's a problem here. Here's what it is. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more than billions of billions now of dollars later. The American government got back from people who were defrauding the country. And Brad Birkenfeld is kind of an expert on this. So he's back with us on the program. Brad, welcome back to the show. How are you? Um, great, Ed. It's a pleasure to be back on your show. Thank you. Uh, Lucifer's Banker Uncensored is the book. Lucifer'sBanker.com. First, uh, Brad Birkenfeld, our guest, the author. Um, what is it like in your world after all this? I, 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 meaning for now 20 years, a little bit less, I guess, you've been going through this. I mean, it's, it is your life now as a whistleblower, as the guy who did this. It, has it settled down? Are you in a normal rhythm? Is it, is it, I mean, a lot of the book reads like, uh, uh, you know, kind of James Bond, uh, crossed over, you know, with, uh, I don't know who was a good crime, Batman or something, but has your life settled down now or is it, you know, uh, more chaotic than ever? Well, Ed, it's a great question. I think for your audience to understand the scope and scale about what we're talking about, I was a director at UBS, the largest bank in the world in, in Switzerland, and uh, we managed about $20 billion uh, for 19,000 rich millionaires and billionaire American clients. This is just the American desk. Right. So I effectively exposed the largest and longest running tax scandal in the history of the United States, bar none. This wow. was just one out of 140 banks in Geneva that were hiding money for rich Americans from a spouse, from a business partner, from the tax man. And I had the courage to come forward and expose this. You pay a very heavy price for this, but I knew it was right versus wrong and I was going to do it. What effectively has happened since is the DOJ hated me and the IRS hated me. Why? Because I did their job that they failed to do for decades. Fact. Hmm. Secondly, they tried to get me arrested in Switzerland. Fact. Then they wouldn't give me immunity or a subpoena. So I went to the Senate and the SEC and exposed this. And this is what really caused the fun during the financial breakdown in 2008. So what's important to understand is when you have the courage to come forward as a whistleblower, um, I'm a single guy without kids. So I could do this without any retribution to maybe people close to me. I was a, a single guy, if you will. Right. Um, if you're married, you're divorced. If you have kids, they'll get bullied. And, you know, they'll do all these stupid things that the IRS does, you know, audit people and attack them and, 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 and make up stories. So I said, bring it on. And I said, I'll take it right on the chin, but I'll give it right back to you. And that's effectively what I did. So when I came in under the whistleblowing law that was written by Dean Zerby in the Senate Finance Committee, it's the most successful law in U.S. history to bring money back to the U.S. government, bar none. Hmm. So that being said, the American taxpayer should embrace whistleblowing. Why? It's an extension of law enforcement because we know the FBI and the DOJ are not only corrupt, but they're useless and in incompetent. And the point being that whistleblowing will give you the treasure map. All you have to do is follow it and you get your bad guys. Now, who loses? The bad guys. The good guys, the American taxpayer gets the money back. The crime gets finished and the, t and the taxpayer doesn't pay the whistleblower. It comes from the proceeds of the crime. So everybody wins except the bad guys. 
Uh, Brad Birkenfeld is our guest again. Lucifer's banker uncensored. The the, the I think there was a previous uh, a, a version before this one. This is uh, um, uh, from our friends Republic Book Publishers. Um, and uh, again, Lucifer'sBanker.com. dot com. You can go there. So, uh, Brad, um, you now you see the world. You have a perspective again in in the, in the in your on your website. I think I was reading some of the details more of this about Assange. Um, you're you're sort of an expert, uh, not even sort of an expert now on both whistleblower laws, especially in America, but also the dynamic that happens because, as you mentioned, you you paid a heavy price uh, for it. It turned out in some sense to be a great success, if you can say that. I mean, life you know getting up the next day is always a success as part of the way I think of it. But but. Uh, so you're an expert on this. Are we seeing more comfort and confidence in whistleblowing? Less? Are you concerned to see the weaponization of law? Are you concerned to see? I'm playing to the crowd a bit here, but the the um, sometimes the law is enforced against one set of people, not so much against others. We go into the, some of that later. But how how do you feel like we uh, are, um, are? Are we in the golden age of whistleblowing? Well, here's the thing that your audience has to understand. Whistleblowing is not Republican or Democrat. It's for everybody. What we're trying to do is root out evil, bad people. And that's what whistleblowing does. Because law enforcement either doesn't want to do it or wants to cover up for their friends, like Comey did or McCabe did or Stroke did or Garland now or Ray, all these people who are clearly corrupted and should be fired. So this is very important. A whistleblower will come in and expose them. And that's what they don't like because the truth hurts. And that's exactly what I've done now is helped many whistleblowers across many facets of FBI, CIA, IRS and corporate world because it's the right thing to do. So really what we have now is I, I guess you could say I broke the ice, if you will. I was the first one to come in under this law, but I didn't do it for the money. And that's what people have to understand. I started whistleblowing in Switzerland in 2005. The law wasn't passed until December 2006. So let's get get that clear for your audience. But more importantly, whistleblowers will give you the treasure map. All you have to do is follow it. You save time and money on investigations, on on, um, prosecutors, and so on and so forth, because you get all the goods handed to you on a platinum platter. That's what a whistleblower does. But that whistleblower takes tremendous risk retaliation, as we are seeing now with the U.S. government under the Biden administration. You see harassment. You see them unable to get a job, divorced. They get stressed. They're suicidal. They're alcoholics and so on and so forth. It's it's unfortunate that this comes about because people don't want the truth to be told. And that's what the whistleblowers do. Uh, Brad Birkenfeld is our guest. His book, again, Lucifer's Banker, Uncensored. And uh, it's very, very interesting read. It reads like a movie, uh, luciferbanker.com. I think people keep talking about making it a movie. I know how long that can be. But I want to go back to the book for a second because it's been around for a while. Your story's been around for a while. You've been at this for a chunk of time. But the book, when it came out, uh, this this uncensored version, which more of the more I, I read about this. Your original publisher didn't want you to put some things in and basically wrote this one here. Here. It's got everything in it. But there's a chapter here at the end, The French Connection. And the uh, last chapter of the book comes out in 2020. I mean, in other, and I'd say this because there is a direct connection to Brad Birkenfeld, his experience at UBS 15 years over the last 15 years, and as a whistleblower in the law, and our current sort of politics and, uh, and presidency. Walk us through, Brad, please. 
Well, this is the thing. What what has happened? There's there's two p- people in particular who the U.S. government failed to investigate. That was uh, the billionaire Leonard Lauder, who is a tax cheat like his mother Estee Lauder. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. They had accounts <laughs> at UBS and millions of dollars. So I don't know why uh, the prosecutor in New York isn't going after the billionaire of Leonard Lauder for tax evasion on a federal and state level. And the other person was Kevin Costner, another uh, Hollywood elite who was hiding money in Switzerland, and they won't prosecute him either. What a surprise. Both of them are big Democratic donors. But more importantly is there's one person in particular I was uh, contacted me to come in and help him to be a whistleblower. His name is Dr. Keith Ablo. He used to be on Fox News. He's a psychiatrist to the stars and this kind of thing. Sadly, he got divorced several years ago, and then he lost his license. But he wanted to be a whistleblower. He's from Newburyport, Massachusetts. Now, why would he want to be a whistleblower? Well, ironically, he was Hunter Biden's psychologist or psychiatrist, if you will. Uh And Hunter Biden lived with him, repeat, lived with him for three straight months. I know relationships that don't last three months, let alone (laughs) living with his doctor. But here's what happened. Dr. Keith Ablow, I met with him and another friend of mine by the name of Walt Pavlo. It's in my book. And he arranged the meeting and he wanted to be a whistleblower. Now, you don't just wake up in the morning and say, I want to be a whistleblower because my ex-girlfriend didn't pay $3,000 in taxes or something like this. He had the goods on Hunter Biden. He told us about Monkey Island, Louisiana. I said, what's that? He says that was an LNG tanker plant down in Louisiana that Hunter negotiated to the Chinese. Hmm. Then you can go check it yourself. And I actually testified on Capitol Hill to this fact as well. Monkey Island, Louisiana. You can check it. But more importantly, Dr. Keith Ablo told me he had Hunter's laptop, his diary, his notes. And of course, he's going to tell his psychiatrist everything he, he did that was bad because he lived with him for three months. So I set up these meetings in Washington for Ablo to go down and be a whistleblower. And twice he blew off the meetings, even though he said he was going to go. When I was, I was disgusted by this, then I went up to Senator Grassley's committee and I felt compelled to tell them what I knew. And this is very important because when I went to Senator Grassley's team and told them about this back around 2019, Two days later, Keith Ablow's home was raided by the DEA in Boston, and they took the laptop and the notes and the diary. Coincidence? Wow. No way. No, 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 no any, 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 uh, any copy kept? Any, any, um, anything kept that would could be pieced together or not? No. Subpoena Dr. Ablow to the Senate. That's what I would do, or the House, because the Republicans will get down to brass tacks, hopefully. And Dr. Keith Ablow knows everything. You can't claim client privilege with doctor privilege because there's laws broken here. That goes right out the window. Secondly, uh, Keith Ablo lost his doctor license, so you don't have that privilege anymore. Hmm. But anyways, why would he want to become a whistleblower anyways? Because he knew about criminal wrongdoing. That's what he told us when we sat with him in his living room in Newburyport, Massachusetts. So when I went to Senator Grassley's staff and gave them this information, and I said, you better, you better subpoena him before you have another Epstein moment. They said, what do you mean? I said, I could see the guy just show up dead one day. Wow. Well, two days later, the DEA in Boston, you can go check it yourself, raided his home. 
Wow. Really? Wow. Uh, um, We're talking again. uh, Brad Birkenfeld, the book Lucifer's Banker Uncensored. Um, It is uh, on the front of the book. There's a line. CNBC says the most significant financial whistleblower of all time. That's Bradley C. Birkenfeld, our guest. And go to luciferzbanker.com. You'll see a lot more there. Um, Okay. Now, let me back up for one second. Um, uh, Brad, you meet this doctor. And again, at this point in your life, you are something of a subject matter expert on whistleblowers. You can, you, I, I suspect if I brought you, you know, 10 people and uh, you, you'd pick out the fakes pretty quick. You'd pick out the, the, uh, you know, the delusional ones pretty f- uh, quick. Um, you know, you, you, you got a pretty, and plus I think you made a living as a salesman and somebody that could read people. And also you got that set of skills. You're on this guy. You're, you're pretty, um, you're, you're obviously very comfortable. 100% sure that this gentleman has information of illegal wrongdoing by Hunter Biden and his family. Fact. And I would say that under oath if they would have me testify in the Congress. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, why aren't they having this guy down? What's your sense? What's what's the reason? Well, well, that's a good question. And I think, look, everything takes time. You know, we want to run before we walk, as we say. But I think they're getting down to it. I think uh, now that the Republicans have secured the House, they're doing the investigations with Jim Jordan, Mr. Comer. Um, I think they're making some great headway. I actually attended the FBI whistleblowing um, hearings in Capitol Hill about two weeks ago. Uh, I was there for it. I know the attorney, Tristan Levitt, who's representing them. Uh, these are these are real courageous men. And the Democrats had the audacity to, to to compare them to people who were selling secrets to foreign governments. These people had nothing to do with that. They had the courage to come forward and do the right thing to expose wrongdoing at the FBI, period. And the Democrats don't want to hear the narrative because it doesn't fit their narrative. That's the whole bottom line. Uh, I was disgusted, disgusted to be in that hearing, what I heard that, on that day. Uh, Brad Birkenfeld, again, our guest, luciversbanker.com. Uh, let me slide over. I saw you and I never, I had you on the show. We've talked on the phone. We've texted. I saw you a couple weekends ago. You were in the, in, uh, the state, stateside. And I should point out you're, we're doing this. You're, you're, uh, overseas. Um, and I don't know why that matters, but it's kind of cool that the technology works so well. It sounds like you're next door, but, um, but I met you. I, I saw you at, um, a briefing, uh, by, uh, Garrett Ziegler and some others on the Biden laptop and, uh, and the, and first, the 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 doctor from uh, Boston, he had a different laptop. Do you think, or did he have the same laptop? What do we know about that? Uh, my understanding well, it was definitely a different laptop. There was okay. one that was left uh, abandoned. Let's make it clear: this is not Russian disinformation. It's not someone else's laptop. Hunter Biden left it down in Delaware, and he forgot to pick it up. Well, that says something about this guy's intelligence. Number one. Number two, Keith Ablo said he had a different laptop with him as he was the doctor for his client. Okay. And I believe there was a third one. I don't know where that one is, but the DEA grabbed Dr. Ablo's uh, um, laptop of his client. So, you know, I I can't imagine a man who's uh, smoking crack cocaine and with prostitutes and so forth uh, puts all of this on a laptop. I mean, he's someone's really got to Check this guy's mental state. It's unbelievable. All right. So now back to the back to uh, Garrett Ziegler's work and and uh, uh, the Marco Polo guys. Um, it, you know, you you're again you you're knee deep in this um, w- knowing whistleblowers, seeing whistleblowers. 
one first question, by the way, you can go to BidenLaptopMatters.com. That's a website that they, Marco Polo and Garrett Ziegler have set up just to learn more about this report. First question, before we get to some of the substance, uh, it's not being covered like at all, Brad. I mean, a, a, the mainstream media is sort of saying, well, we now know it's a real thing. We know that they were lying about the Russian uh, disinformation uh, uh, line, but they're not they're not covering it. Right. I mean, I, it, this is an extraordinary um, a moment, isn't it? It is. And I'll tell you why it's happening this way, because the moment this does get coverage, it unravels the entire corruption in the U.S. government. I say that candidly because I know it's a fact. The FBI, the IRS, the DOJ, the NSA, the CIA, they are all part of this fix. And Mm. the very fact that this was first called Russian disinformation. Then they said it doesn't matter because Hunter's not running for office. What kind of nonsense? This is like Mickey Mouse logic. The fact of the matter is if your clients who are listening to this program or they tell any of their friends and they buy the Hunter Biden laptop called MarcoPoloUSA.org, I think it's around $40. It's 640 pages of excruciating detail of crimes committed by the Biden family, period. And that is a fact. Uh, I've read it. I it, have copies of it. It's, I, I tell people this is this is the most disgusting book I have ever read in my life. So, but back, let me go back to it first uh, and say um, what you're saying though is that it's actually so big, it's too big, too hot to handle, and that's because when I sit there and I look at it, I think you would think that there'd be a journalist that want to make their name on this. This isn't like a, a minor thing, and they're just not. So you're saying it's too big, it's too hot to handle. Better for us to talk about X or Y issue or uh, uh, you know weaponization of this or that because it's too big. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the cat caught in the tree or, you know, you know, the, the car that got a flat tire on the highway. I mean, all these non-issues that aren't important. We've got the border as a problem. We've got inflation as a problem. They don't want to talk about any of those issues either because it undermines their narrative that everything is rosy. It's not rosy. It's corrupt to the core. You can go see why Delaware, where Joe Biden is from. He's been in public office for 50 years. We still have all these offshore accounts in Delaware. Why? Oh, how convenient, Joe. You've done nothing because they're lining your pockets with campaign contributions. Secondly, the very fact that this thing gets any airtime, the American public is so outraged and should be that this guy shouldn't even be a dog catcher, let alone president. He should be removed from office immediately because he is a part of it. That means he is complicit and the DOJ is complicit and they're covering for him. So this is I've never it makes Watergate look like kids play. Um, Brad, last question for you. Brad Birkenfeld is our guest. His book is Lucifer's Banker, uh, uncensored, that version. And you go to luciferbanker.com is the website. Uh, you can see a lot of his stuff and also to get the book. Um, last question. You're pretty fearless. Now, I suspect you were always someone who didn't have a lot of uh, time worrying about their ego. You figured, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to sell something. I'm going to, you know, move to Europe. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be what I'm going to be. And just, I think that's probably part of your temperament, but you've been through the ringer too. And, um, are, do you, I mean, and you've seen that corruption is not only banking, right? It's a bigger than banking. It's a uh, intelligence. It's in law enforcement. What, does any of that make you fearful? No, it doesn't. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't step up and stand up for, for righteousness, then what, what do we have? Why do we have laws? We become a lawless society. 
And what we must do is when we see something, which everyone says, if you see something, say something. That's what they always tell you in the airports. Well, I'm telling you, and that's what I'm saying now. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen things in Romania and Tanzania and Yemen that are all connected to the Bidens. And this is this is criminal. And this is where the committees up on the Hill are getting down to brass tacks. And I will I I wish they would call me to testify. I want to put my hand on the Bible and raise my right hand so people can see who I am. I will tell you point by point what I know. And I have a lot more to tell than people think I know. And that's the thing. I have this courage. I've been through this and I want to continue doing the right thing for my country, period. All right, Brad Birkenfeld again. Great to talk to you, Brad Birkenfeld. His book is Lucifer's Banker, the Lucifer's Banker Uncensored from Republic Book Publishers, one of my favorite publishing houses. And if you go to luciferzbanker.com, you can find out more. He referred to the uh, Marco Polo research. You go to bidenlaptopmatters.com. I'll put all this up on social media. Thanks, Brad, for being out there and for being uh, so encouraging uh, for a lot of folks uh, coming forward. I think it does a a lot for you to be uh, where you are and who you are. So thank you for that. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ed. Have a great day. You too. Thanks very much. Brad Birkenfeld, everybody. Again, I'll put all the links up on social media, luciferzbanker.com. You can read about him and his work and also get his book there. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Most conservatives and even liberals will agree that China is a major geopolitical threat to the United States. However, not a lot of people have a clear idea of what strategies our red adversary may use to put us at a tactical disadvantage. We don't live in an action movie. China isn't going to send a bunch of paratroopers to suddenly occupy the West Coast. They're far too smart for that. They would prefer to infiltrate us without ever making a headline. Don't be too quick to brand me as a conspiracy theorist. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines issued a report warning that the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, is adjusting their focus to influence state and local officials rather than trying to go for the big fishes in Washington, D.C., By doing this, China hopes to avoid the heightened scrutiny that Washington power players are under. Instead, they can fly under the radar by casually courting state leaders who are largely unmonitored by the press. By now, most of us have heard about the compromised relationship between Representative Eric Swalwell and a Chinese spy named Fang Fang. However, you may not remember that Swalwell's indiscretions did not start when he was elected to Congress. That relationship actually began when he was serving as a city councilman in Dublin, California. The Chinese spy was able to follow Swalwell's rise to power to the point where she handpicked an intern to be placed in Swalwell's congressional office. This is just one case study in how the Chinese gain valuable intelligence by forming relationships with local and state officials. Yet many of these low-level politicians are still willing to play with fire. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass met with a group called the Chinese People's Association after being expressly warned by American intelligence that the organization was seeking to influence local officials in favor of the Chinese communists. If you want to know what China is doing to weaken America, don't just look up for parachutes or look east to Washington, D.C. Instead, look to your city halls and state houses. 
You'll be surprised how far the enemies of freedom have gone undetected. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. America is safe only when America is strong. Our national defense requires the most modern technology and best trained soldiers. And there should be no social politics or idle threats coming out of Washington. At phyllisschlafly.com, we take this work very seriously. Please visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, I I feel a little bit sorry today, and I'll tell you that, um, that I didn't spend more time last week in the run-up to Memorial Day. Um, I just, the week slipped away, and suddenly it was, the you know, almost the weekend, and I said a few words about it. But I wanted to recount my experience of Memorial Day and, and remember a couple things. Number one, in St. Louis, where I used to live for about 25 years, there was a tradition that the Boy Scouts would go down to Jefferson Barracks, the National Cemetery. It's a huge cemetery. Looks a lot like uh, the images you see of Normandy uh, in France and that you see of um, of uh, Arlington National Cemetery. Um, if you've ever been to Italy, uh, there is a national cemetery in Italy, a U.S. national cemetery in Italy, um, and it has a similar uh, uh, feel um, there. And so it's the idea of the uh, um, row after row of the headstones, those um, the uh, headstones that are um, uh, white headstones, smaller and uh, extraordinary uh, images to see Anzio Italy is the one I was thinking of Anzio um, the Italian um, the U.S. cemetery in Italy anyway so in St. Louis the Boy Scouts would go out and I did it a few times I was on the board of one of the local Boy Scouts down there a Thunderbird district and so I went out and helped them and it, hundreds of boys thousands and thousands of headstones and they put an American flag next to each one and the awesomeness of the of the end result cannot be understated it, you you just can't believe it and so it was very very cool you'd go out there the day before you'd get everything staged and then the day of all the boy scouts would come and they'd put them out it was amazing amazing and very powerful right very meaningful if you if you um spend any time in a, a military cemetery the, the haunting part is there are so many young, uh, men and women, some women, but m- mostly men. And you see these, you know, 20 year olds, 22 year olds, 23 year olds. And of course, since the war in our, or the wars in Af- Iraq and Afghanistan, there's been a whole b- lot more, a whole bunch more young people. Um, there had been a gap, right? Since Vietnam that there was not, not too many, uh, that died. And I have to tell you, when you visit with veterans, who served with guys that they law that were lost. That's the real rubber hits the road. So my brother, the Marine, um, retired Marine now, he uh, served uh, a couple tours in Iraq and a couple, uh, one, I think two, two tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. I might be getting those backwards, but three tours total, I think. And he had, he was a command, he was a, um, infantry uh, officer and he had some guys that he commanded and he lost some guys. Um, and to hear him talk about it, well, it just brings perspective to Memorial Day. 
And what this past weekend, when I saw the celebrations, there were parades, there were small town celebrations, there were flags all over the place. It was wonderfully reinforcing of the instinct to have a holiday like Memorial Day, not just Veterans Day that celebrates our vets, which is wonderful, but Memorial Day, which is a we remember, not just we remember the people who served, not just we remember our military successes. We remember those who lost their life, those who lost their life. It, it's, it's pretty great. And I have to say, when you see a holiday like that, it's not the biggest holiday, right? In a funny way, it's um, it gets tacked on as a Monday after a weekend. It's the end of the school year for a lot of students, a lot of kids, a lot of college kids home. It, it's not that it gets lost, but it doesn't have quite the buildup of Fourth of July. However, it had in my community, and I hope in yours, I know where our, our our show originates in San Diego. They do a phenomenal job because of the number of veterans, because of the number of people who have loved ones that were lost in the wars. They do a wonderful job. Lots and lots of remembrances. But it's really powerful. And when you're a nation, the things that knit you together are things like a holiday called Memorial Day, are remembering people. And flags and ceremonies. A friend of mine said that there's taps across America. I've forgotten about it. Three o'clock in the afternoon on Memorial Day, she went out and stood in her yard and played taps uh, on her on her phone uh, on a speaker, not on a on a bugle. Great stuff. I hope you had. I hope you were able. I hope that you were able to participate in some of those traditions. I hope you remember. And it's the, one of the great things about America. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.